Hi there, and welcome to Let's Slow Down, a podcast for all of you who feel tired and stressed from this overwhelming world. Here we'll have fun, inspiring conversations about living life on our own terms and explore ways to ease the pace of our modern world, because life really is good when you're relaxed enough to be present for it. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Stolting, and I welcome you to this space where I hope to inspire you to slow down because life is too short to let it go by in a blur. So take a deep breath, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome today to Let's Slow Down. I have a very special guest with me, Dr. Netta Gafari. She is a high-risk OB specializing in maternal fetal medicine. She's a wife. She's a mom of a toddler. And she is a childhood friend of mine who I've been so fortunate to reconnect with to talk about everything in terms of slowing down. So welcome, Netta. Thanks for coming today. Thank you. I'm super excited to be here. So I figure we'll start with the general question. Why is slowing down important to you and what does it look like in your life? Great question. So slowing down, I think, is really important because my life is extremely busy. As you mentioned, we now have a 16-month-old, which just added to the level of rushing around and feeling stressed in addition, you know, to my job and everything else. So I think for me, slowing down is just really important for myself to function at my best so that I can take the best care of my family and also so that I can take the best care of patients who, you know, it is my honor and privilege to care for some really wonderful patients. Most of my patients are pregnant at the time, so they're also in a very stressful part of their life. So that's the importance piece. What it looks like to me, try to take it in small bites, I think. It's just taking a few minutes, taking a moment, taking a breath or taking a break to check in with myself, to try to calm down my body and mind and try to kind of refocus my energy. I think that's the key, taking it in the small little steps. I think that's the only manageable way to do it. It's like, if you try to solve it all, that's cause for a panic attack probably (laughs) with all the balls that you have in the air. So it's certainly important. We were saying slowing down really is taking the steps that you need to function at your best, which I think that's at the heart of it. I think it's a great definition, actually. That's kind of how I would define it as well. And checking in with yourself is such an important piece that I know I forget to do a lot, trying to get better about it. I'm trying to Think of myself as the friend. What would I say to a friend? You know, be as kind to myself as I am to the people around me. But taking the little steps to calm your body and mind, what types of things do you find helpful? Yeah. So one thing I was thinking about when I've been reflecting on this is that for me, and I would offer this to other people who it might be helpful for, some of the things that I do to slow down, I found it easiest to do if I do it with someone else or with a group. So during the pandemic, which is a very stressful time, I think for everybody, but also 
being in the healthcare profession, it was even a little bit more stressful. During the pandemic, we actually had a mindfulness group that would meet weekly on Zoom. And so we would do breathing exercises, body scans, meditation, but we did it with a group. So it was easier for me to show up every week to take the time to commit to it because I think some of these practices, a lot of times it feels like we don't even have the time to take the break to slow down. Yep. And so I think meditation is wonderful. And I also found that doing it with a group was really helpful for me as well. The community support is huge. I've, I have found the same thing. It's interesting. I never would associate the meditation and mindfulness with a group. I, that For me, that I always just sort of picture like doing that by myself and sitting quietly alone. So I love how it kind of held you accountable, made you show up for it. And even through Zoom, which is kind of amazing that you can still reap the benefits. You know, imagine how great it would have been in person. (laughs) But how did they structure that in a group and how long were these sessions? Yeah, so the actual meditations oftentimes were pretty short. You know, it might be between 10 to 20 minutes. And the, the woman who was running the group was wonderful. You know, she usually had something in mind that she wanted to do, but we would often spend the first few minutes just talking about our day or our week or things that we were each worried about or thinking about. And then, you know, once we had kind of had that time to talk about our feelings, et cetera, then we would move into some kind of guided meditation or some type of exercise. And she also gave us a lot of tools. Some of them we went through together and some things she gave us like handouts and things to look at later. And it was both very educational and then also calming and I always felt less stressed after the practice and she also gave us a lot of ideas for things that you can do on your own just like very short breathing exercises things like that which are so helpful like you said a lot of times we do have to do it by ourselves we recognize that we need a moment and we have to take a moment for ourselves and sometimes doing kind of a more structured breathing exercise or even unstructured, just taking a moment to take some deep breaths is really, really effective and powerful and doesn't have to be a huge time commitment. Right. Right. So often we think of it as having to be this big scheduled thing and it could literally be while you're driving, just be conscious of taking some deeper breaths and just sort of resetting. And I know it does a lot for the nervous system. And maybe we can even link a handout or two that you got from that class, because I feel like that would be really helpful for a lot of people to have something quick and very doable just to start including and just to have those tools. A lot of us, either we don't know or we don't think of these certain tools that we have kind of at our disposal all the time. And the more regularly we can have these types of things to turn to, it's just going to help with stress management and just getting through the day. You know, sometimes those really stressful moments, they can make or break the entire rest of your day. And if that happens first thing in the morning, it's 
going to be a long, <laughs> a long haul. So <laughs> just being able to maybe take a minute and reset yourself. Also, I love how you said at the beginning of those sessions, you would share and talk a little bit in the beginning, because that is something I think we don't realize we need mm-hmm. as much as we do. And I notice it with myself all the time. I've read so many different statistics on this, but like 70,000 thoughts a day or 50,000 thoughts a day. There are a lot of thoughts that we have (laughs) running through our head. Whatever the exact, I think you hit a point, like however many thousands and it doesn't matter anymore. There's a lot. And I think women, especially, I feel like we, we are just constantly, I know I'm always overthinking. And anyway, we've got a lot of thoughts in our head and I I think we're guilty of keeping a lot of them in. Not that we need to share all of them all the time, but getting them out is very therapeutic, can make you feel better, can relieve a lot of anxiety. So there's a lot of really good tips in there. And like I said, we'll share those in the notes. Do you guys still do that class or has that stopped now that life is quote unquote normal? Yeah, so unfortunately it stopped. I was a little disappointed because it started off very strong. And then over time, you know, people trickled down and there weren't as many people in the class. But I listened to podcasts and I have a meditation app that I use. And anytime I make the time to do it, it's really helpful. And then the other thing that I'm probably better at actually doing is yoga, which I also do best with it when I have a friend and we schedule a class together and we go together because it always makes sure I show up. And so I always feel that these things, I think there's always a barrier. There's a hundred other things I could be doing, but just getting there and then being in the class, it's so effective at just slowing down, calming down, finding more peace in your day. It's important. And it, it's just as important. Actually, it's more important than a lot of the other things on our to-do lists. Yet we need to remind ourselves that a lot of times the self-care and, and all of these things that we're talking about really get pushed to the bottom because they seem like something that, oh, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. But if we have that mentality, we never get to it. And mm-hmm. when enough days go by, having that regular routine of incorporating this will make everything else better. And I think it takes a lot of mindfulness and intentionality to continue to incorporate these practices. But realizing that they help is the first step. I love the idea of a sense of community. I noticed the same thing, especially with exercise. This past summer, I really kind of upped my my morning, Ned and I were talking about mornings before, <laughs> and I have become kind of forced myself to be a morning person because I really do feel better when I get up earlier, but that's fairly new for me. And over the summer, a group of friends in my neighborhood were walking at six o'clock and they had asked me to join them. And I was like, I don't know. I, I honestly, I'm like, I don't know if I can do it, guys. Like that is just, I want to, I just don't think I can. And they're like, well, why don't you just try? It's fun. It's great. You get home. Everybody's not even up yet. And we got our couple miles in. It feels good. And especially in the summer, it's cooler then. So I'm like, okay, I'll try. You know, I'm not going to be a regular, but I'll, I'll try it. So I ended up doing it all summer with them and loved it. And I found that I probably would have hit snooze and let myself sleep in if it was just me getting up then. But it was meeting the friends and it was having that you know, we had our fun little chat while we did our exercise and while we, and we would walk pretty fast. So we'd get a good workout in, we get our heart rate up. 
but having that sense of community along with it and those friendships and just looking forward to seeing them every morning made it so much more enjoyable and definitely helped me stay consistent with it. So it was actually fun. Looking back, if I had told myself then that I'd be like, yeah, I loved it. I, I'm going to try to do it. I, I might even initiate it this summer. <laughs> so it's amazing. You know, we have to just try these things, but definitely the sense of community. And even if it's one person just to, to do it with makes it so much better. So what would you say are the biggest benefits that you see, not only in your personal life, but also with your patients? Yeah. So in, from a health perspective, I think slowing down is much more important than I think we immediately think of. Slowing down is kind of the antidote to stress, right? So our bodies are kind of meant to have a stress response when our body is under threat, right? So our body creates hormones, it releases adrenaline and cortisol so that we're in the fight or flight. And the problem with our current society and the way that we live is that our bodies are constantly exposed to this because of the way that we work and the way that our lives are, you know, rushing around and expected to do so many things that we, our body is constantly releasing adrenaline and cortisol. And we know adrenaline increases your heart rate. It increases your blood pressure. Cortisol actually releases glucose into your bloodstream. And these things are meant for fight or flight. We're not meant to be exposed to these hormones chronically all the time. And because of this, this leads to a lot of health problems. And I think one of the other points I want to make is a lot of these problems are chronic problems, right? So it's it's not just one day and there's not just a very quick solution. It's the continued exposure to stress and this kind of lifestyle that leads to these problems. So all this stress can lead to anxiety and depression, which we're seeing really high rates of right now. It also, though, leads to problems like high blood pressure, diabetes, heart disease, heart attacks, stroke, um, you know, which are really life-threatening problems. And I should go back and say anxiety and depression are also life-threatening, right? We're seeing high rates of suicide and our mental health is linked to our physical health as well. So not to disregard that, but stress also leads to other problems that impact us every day, like headaches, digestive problems, problems with sleep, weight gain, memory and concentration. So I want to make the point that from a health perspective, it's really, really important. And also the things that work to help are a lot of the things that you've talked about on your podcast, and none of them are fast solutions, right? They're about right. slowing down, being mindful about what we're eating, getting exercise, getting sleep, relaxing that stress response and getting out of the fight or flight for our bodies. Wow. You just said a lot there. You said a lot. And the biggest takeaway is we have to make these changes. I mean, all of those health issues, you could have kept going, I'm sure, but you <laughs> named all the big ones. A lot more. <laughs> all the big ones. And 
you know, what struck me is that there's the piece of genetics that that plays its role, right? Some of us are more disposed to certain things, illnesses and disease than others. But so much of what we're seeing here is is lifestyle and it's avoidable, it's controllable, it's it's fixable, right? These are things that we do have quite a bit of agency over. And when you say it like that, it seems like a no-brainer. But then actually going out there, implementing, taking the rest, getting the sleep, not running around all the time is just so hard. It's so hard. And it really does go against our culture right now where fight or flight just seems normal. And I always like you have a little one. It's It's so normalized. And like, wow, like that's a problem right there. I think the mental health issues were a problem before the pandemic. And now it's just rampant. What do we do? What is the answer? Your daughter's only one and a half. So as she gets older and starts to enter the rat race, which will probably be by like the ripe old age of two or three at the rate we're going, like, what do we do? What do we do to change this? Because I'm all about why we need to do it. But how is the struggle? Yeah, I think there's different ways to think about it. Like I said in the beginning, for me, starting small is the easiest, most um, effective way. Taking the small pieces, doing the small changes. And even with healthy lifestyle, like you said, there's some genetic predisposition. There's also a lot of environmental factors and you know, socioeconomic factors, there's racism, there's all these systemic structures that are harder to change. And I think we do need to change the culture and these systems that make it harder. But to make it easier on ourselves, I think we need to make the small changes, small steps. Maybe it's just changing out one favorite food for another that's a little healthier. Maybe it's just adding in a short walk to your day or any kind of movement. It's whatever works for you, those kind of small steps. And then with what we talked about community, it's also, you know, adding in your community and then also getting help. So there's all kinds of help that's available and not everything is accessible to everyone, but, you know, there's medical professionals that can help with this. There's um, therapists, there's your teachers, there's all kinds of people in the community who you can seek as resources for whatever it is that you want to change for yourself. Yeah, there are. And and even just I think always, you know, doing it in person is the most effective, but even online, there's so many things we can turn to as well. So I guess the biggest piece is recognizing, okay, I need to make some changes, even if they're just small for now, all those little things do add up and slowly we can start integrating them into our lives. And I always think, you know, well, one change I can make right now is the way I model it for my kids because they're the future, right? If we present this type of life to them as, as the norm, then that's all they know. That's how they're raised. And it's a lot harder to change when you've been doing something for a long time. So if we can kind of get this into our youth younger, and that's just the lifestyle that they are used to, 
it'll be less of a struggle for them. But it's tough when you say to your kids, no, we're not going to do all of those things. And they look at you like, well, that's what everybody else is doing. I don't, I don't understand why, you know, why not me? It's really hard. And all we can do is be honest and, and have these conversations where we really look at like what's important to us. And is it really serving you the best? Like, do you really feel awesome when you're doing all these things? Or are you, are you only wanting to do them because so-and-so is doing them and, and you think that that's what you're supposed to be doing right now? So it's tough. It's tough. It, it does open the door to some tough conversations. But you know what? That's part of growing up too. And if we can have them with our kids in their formative years, it'll, it'll serve them better as they become adults. And I'd argue that it would also really strengthen our connection to them. So it definitely seems like this is something that we need to work on as a society as a whole so that we do feel better mentally and physically for our health. So putting your mom hat on for a minute, what is your experience now with, I know your little one's in daycare now, right? That's a big transition for your family. And I'm sure you're seeing a lot of other families that are really in the thick of it with like drop-offs and pickups and, and trying to manage work and raising a young child. And what are you seeing in that area? Yeah. So a couple of things come to mind. First of all, being a mom, I think is one of the greatest experiences. And I also absolutely love the mom community. My husband kind of makes fun of me because I'm just obsessed with moms. He's always like mom squad or I just love mom. I think they're the most wonderful, loving, you know, probably all parents, but I'm in a lot of moms groups. And of course, you know, my job is working mostly with pregnant people and people who are planning pregnancy or who are postpartum. So it's also a lot of my world. But I think parents are so incredible because they're so dedicated to their children. And there is a lot of joy in parenting and becoming a parent that regardless of how much you're rushing around, I think the joy still finds you because children are just so precious. And I think it's interesting that you talked about kind of teaching kids to slow down because the thing is kids are naturally slow. Babies, they have no concept of time. Yes. They don't know if it's, they don't know it's nighttime. They don't know <laughs> you have to go to work in the morning. And I tell you what, Netta, as yours gets older, I avoided teaching them how to tell time for a really long time. Cause I was like, no, that, that's going to be used against me. They never need to know what time it is. If it's dark, it's bedtime. So I think actually there's a natural going down in your pace of trying to meet the needs and the pace of children. And I also think when you're a parent, it really adds like this additional level of stress and tasks on your life. And I found that parents are so supportive of each other if you find the right communities. And I just love some of the groups that I'm part of because people are, are actually willing to help out more than you think. So that's been incredible for me. And then the opposite side of the coin is, of course, there's all this rush of dropping your kid off at daycare at the right time and getting to work on time. And my sister who lives nearby has older kids and I see how much hustle and bustle there is to get to kids to different activities and birthday parties and all of it. So I think a lot of it is like artificial external 
you know, demands that we've created. But I think the natural for kids is actually slow and more peaceful and more joyous. I would agree with that. It is. It's we make it. I feel like I've said this so many times on this podcast, but we make it harder than it has to be. And a lot of these things might seem like they're coming from a place of child first, but sometimes it's just these adults creating these extra things where really the kids don't need the super structured thing. They just need to go outside and play with each other or get your attention. Just have mom and dad's attention to themselves for a couple minutes. That's what they need. That's what they crave. And I would agree with that. They are naturally slower and they are naturally so much better at being in the present. Mm -hmm. My little one, we were coming out of the grocery store the other night and the sun was setting and it was almost dark, but the clouds looked like a watercolor. It was beautiful. And honestly, I don't think I would have noticed it. You know, I was trying to push my cart to the car and load up my groceries. And she said, mom, look at the sky. Can I have your phone? She wanted to take a picture. And we're, I mean, it's a parking lot. And then she tells me she loves the, the lights from the, from the parking lot. That she's like, it's just so beautiful. And it was really sweet. And on the way home, I said to her, thank you for pointing that out to me because I would have missed it. And it was really, really beautiful. So slowing down enough to let them, you know, if we don't notice it ourselves, let's let them show us, right? We can learn a lot from them as well. There's so much beauty around us that kids actually notice. They notice that, oh, look at this pretty flower growing. And I can't even remember which one of mine used to say that, oh, my mom loves growing yellow flowers. And it was like all the weeds in our yard. <laughs> like she's so good at growing yellow flowers. But they, they noticed and appreciated the pops of color in the grass. It was really sweet. So definitely slowing down, taking a page out of their book. I, I love that. And when you were talking about the mom community and the parent community and how supportive they are. And it just made me think of the phrase, it takes a village, mm -hmm. you know, and it legitimately used to take a village to raise these kids. And that was before all these extra activities. I think it's important to remember. And I have found that too. It's not my tendency to want to ask for all this help with things, but out of necessity, I've had to get better at asking for help as my kids are getting older and we just have more things going on. And you know what? goes both ways. I'm more than happy to help somebody if I can. I mean, it's silly for us all to be driving to the same place at the same time. We can share it. And people are really, it's, it's always, it's almost always a win-win and people are happy to do it. And you know what? Sometimes you make another friend out of it. You get to know people a little bit better and we just have to remember to put yourself out there a, a tiny bit and, and ask for the help and it can make a huge difference. So as we kind of wind down today, is there anything that you'd like to leave our listeners with today? I Kind of the last thing that I always think about that comes up in these mindfulness practices is at the end of the day, we are all human beings. We're not really meant to be in this rat race. We're not really meant to be on a nine to five. We're not meant to be considered, you know, a cog in the wheel or somebody's opportunity to make money etc. And our kids, our families are not either. We're human beings. We have natural biological processes. And I think I think about that a lot. At the end of the day, you're just a human being and you have a lot of value and power in being a human being and being present and, you know, tuning into your body and mind 
and tuning out some of this external pressure that was not, it's not really completely natural. And so I think part of, you know, being a doctor and also being a mom and a wife and everything is remembering that we are human and we're meant to exist in community and we're meant to take care of our bodies. And those are actually the really important things that matter the most, not some of all this other stuff that we have created importance for. I love that. Your patients are very, very lucky to have you. And I mean, obviously your husband and your daughter, because you're right at the heart of it. We're, we're all human beings. We're not robots. We're not machines. And somewhere along the way, signals got a little crossed. And sometimes we need a reminder of that, but that's beautiful. And I think it's a great place to end today, just to remember for us all to lift each other up right? That's the whole purpose of these conversations to remind each other that we're important. We're important. You're enough as you are. You don't have to do all of the extra things. Just being, just surviving day to day is enough. It's a win. If we can do that in community and encourage other people, inspire other people along the way, then that's what it's all about. I think then we're doing our job and that's really our purpose here, right? Not all these other things that somehow we've made to seem important that really they're just extras. So thank you, Netta. It's been a real pleasure talking to you today. And I think our listeners are going to get so much out of this conversation today. I really hope so. And I really enjoyed this conversation as well. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and have been inspired to slow down and start living life at your own pace. As a brand new podcast, your listener voice matters. If Let's Slow Down is resonating with you, please take a minute to leave a review and rate us. Subscribe to the show wherever you listen and share it with friends. Remember, this is a process, so go easy on yourself. Be gentle and take all the space you need to thrive because the world needs you to be at your best, to love and serve others and yourself.